never have I ever more wanted to be a homeless peasant. Welcome, Mere Mortalites, to another round of the book reviews. It is your favorite Mere Mortal here, Kyron, with another book review. Indeed, this is the Book Reviews podcast, the Mere Mortals Book Reviews, where we dive deeper into the books that I'm reading to give you the juicy information within, extract some themes you might not have thought about, and also to just understand a little bit more about the classics. I do prefer to focus on the older books on this channel, so things written more than 10 years ago, I suppose, would be my pate my my flavor but of all genres and indeed we do have a, a little bit of a fun genre today it is john steinbeck's tortilla flat uh, which was published in 1935 it's approximately 150 pages in length i'd say it took me about four hours of reading to get through in total so what is this why was my motivation for reading this what was my initial impression of the book well if you've tuned into the Mere Models before, you'll know that I'm a pretty big John Steinbeck fan. His book, The Grapes of Wrath, is definitely in my top 10 of just the best books I've ever read. And I quite enjoyed others such as Cannery Row, such as uh, Of Mice and Men, Sweet Thursday, all all pretty decent books. I don't think I've read one where I was like, oh, that wasn't so great. So I consider him a, a very good author. So Every now and then I'll throw in one of his books because he's probably, in terms of the, the most rock-solid authors that I've read, is, is right up there. As usual, his books have a pretty rapid intro. They don't need time to develop. And so, even just reading this, it's split up into about 17 chapters in total, maybe even a little bit less. And the second chapter, you could probably replace that with the second to last chapter and that they, they have a very similar feel. That is just how quickly he introduces characters, gets into the meat of the story, and you get to know these characters very, very quickly. You get to feel, okay, this is what Danny is like. This is like uh, what Pylon is like. And it goes very, very smoothly like that. So initial impression, really, really good. And I guess the plot and style of it, I'll jump into, I guess, what the book is about. So we start off with this character of Danny, and he's basically been away from this place of his birth, Tortilla Flat, or at least where he grew up. And uh, he goes back and he finds out that his, uh, I believe it's his uncle, has passed away and left him two houses. And so, whilst he was pretty much a bum, he is now, you know, a fancy homeowner. And so, he he actually starts to have some troubles with this because he, he doesn't really know what to do with, with himself. Thankfully, he has his good friends. And so, his good friend Pylon uh, initially joins him in his first house and then Pylon moves into the second house. And he's a bit worried because like, oh, might have to pay rent at some point. And, and Danny's, you know, the, the funny thing about him is like no money will ever be exchanged. There's the, these friends, they're, they're very uh, intimate, close, known each other for a long time. And so, words which would perhaps need to be said in other friendship groups do not need to be. These, these are just... Um, have, what would you call them, bosom buddies, something like that. And so, Danny never asked for the rent because he knows no rent will ever be paid and Pylon is the same. But they come up with all of these th- thoughts in their heads about how they can get away with these scenarios. And so, Pylon, for example, gets in another friend called uh, he, uh, Pablo and uh, Jesus Maria. And basically, with the 
acceptance that, oh yeah, they these are the two because I'm now renting to them. If Danny ever asked for the rent, I can say like, ah, sorry, Danny, like, you know, Pablo and Jesus Maria, they haven't paid me the rent to be able to pay you. So it's this twisted logic, which is really funny. It's it's great to to see inside their minds. And this is pretty much how the story progresses. Tiny little tales here and there. I mentioned 17 chapters. So each chapter is probably only like five pages to eight pages long, something like that. And it, it develops very quickly short, sharp stories of them getting into scenarios and trying to find their ways out of it. Long story short, the house accidentally burns down. And so they all move in with Danny. And then the group enlarges again and they get another guy called the pirate and one more called Big Joe Portagy. And uh, yeah, I suppose like what what actually happens? I haven't said what happens. Well, it's uh, a combination or one of these things. Fights, fire, wine, lovemaking, and, and stealing. <laughs> That's basically what all these characters just get up to. So they're all kind of bums. They're all what these, uh, what are called paisanos, which is, a, I suppose, a mix of Mexican or La- Latina heritage or Latin American heritage and Native American Indian, I believe, is, is what a paisano is. And they all live in this town of, of Tortilla Flat, which is in Monterey in uh, California. So think of sunshine, think of nice weather, think of, you know, they, they're all, they all could live out on the streets and have lived out on the streets before because the weather is just so nice that, you know, you can kind of get away with it. You're not going to freeze to death or, or burn in the desert heat or anything like that. It's a very mild, temperate. The style of the book, I'd say, is... Uh, there's this kind of elegant contradiction between the humble ridiculousness of the Paisanos. They are very uh, small-minded in their thinking. They're in their bubble of of tortilla flat, and this is all that they uh, think about. This is they they don't have dreams nor aspirations of the larger world of of even I suppose what you would call a typical life of you know children a steady job or anything like that. No, they're all kind of just bumming about doing what they want. Yet they have this noble born speech. They are very, a lot of uh, detail, the pylon, they, and you can kind of, (laughs) you can kind of see it right at the start because I believe even the the first uh, couple of words that come out references the tale of Arthur, of King Arthur and his, his round table. Um, I'm um, just right. Yeah, here we go. So, for Danny's house was not unlike the round table and Danny's friends were not unlike the knights of it. And so, you can kind of see this is where it's 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 drawing that little bit of inspiration of even though they are these ridiculous characters and you would expect them to be rather vulgar in their speech and in their slang and things like this. No, throughout the book, they they have these nice words to say. And I guess the it's it's super evocative, the book. It, it evokes this lazy afternoon style, summer afternoons, drowsy, you know, they're kind of tipsy from wine. There's a lot of wine in this book. That's that's basically all they care about. Uh, and, and this is what is being described throughout. So, I'm going to jump over to page 84 here where we're first introduced to uh, Jesus Maria. And you can kind of get a feel for the style of the book. And so, this chapter is called uh, Chapter 10, How the Friends Solaced a Corporal and in return received a lesson in paternal ethics. 
Jesus Maria Corcoran was a pathway for the humanities. Suffering, he tried to relieve. Sorrow, he tried to assuage. Happiness, he shared. No hard nor haunted Jesus Maria existed. His heart was free for the use of anyone who had a use for it. His resources and wits were at the disposal of anyone who had less of either of them than had Jesus Maria. He it was who carried José de la Nariz four miles when José's leg was broken. When Mrs. Palochico lost the ghost of, goat of her heart, the good goat of milk and cheese, it was Jesus Maria who tracked that goat to Big Joe Portigy and halted the murder and made Big Joe give it back. It was Jesus Maria who once picked Charlie Marsh out of a ditch where he lay in his own filth, a deed which required not only a warm heart, but a strong stomach. <laughs> so you can kind of see... It, it gives the style. There was no direct speech in there, but their speech is, is you, you get, it's very short, sharp to the point, but uh, it, it has this kind of nobility in it as well. And I think even just in this uh, example here, he it was who carried, I, I think, you know, normally you'd probably say it was he who carried, um, but I think just that one little switching of the words to he it was who carried gives this impression of, oh, yeah, these are these kind of noble-born paisanos. They, they, and, and that style is carries throughout the book, not just in these one-off sentences. It, is, it, it, it requires, a, I think, a deep thinking and a lot of editing and pruning to make sure that this goes throughout. So this gets, I, I suppose, onto some of the questions and, and themes once we, we know what the book is, is kind of like. All are rather great storytellers, and I think this is probably the main portion that I took from this book. Everyone here had this way of storytelling. Pylon in particular, I think, was perhaps the best. And I'm going to jump over to page 125 here, which was in the chapter of the good life at Danny's house, of a gift of a pig, of the pain of tall Bob, and of the thwarted love of Viejo Ravano. And so, in this chapter, they, they're basically just telling a bunch of stories. They're, it's like a lazy afternoon. They don't really know what to do. I will just tell some stories and they're trying to outdo one another. And they they each kind of take a turn in their storytelling. And we're, we're coming to this point where who was it that's telling it? Um, I think it was uh, um, Jesus Maria, I think, was, uh, was saying this story. And we get to this uh, point here where... Uh, you must know, said Jesus Maria, at, the serv- at that service station, there is a tool house. Early in the morning, the viejo went down and unlocked the tool house and raked the gravel and watered the flowers before the station opened. The other men came to work at eight o'clock. So one morning, the viejo went into the tool house and put up a rope. And so he's basically going to hang himself uh, to get some sympathy uh, from a woman he's chasing. Uh, but he needs to survive. Then he waited until it was eight o'clock. He saw the men coming. He put the rope around his neck and stepped off a workbench. And just when he did that, the door of the tool shed blew shut. Broad smiles broke out on the faces of the friends. Sometimes they thought life was very humorous. And then he goes on to say how the men missed him. They opened it up and it was like, oh no, um, you know, it didn't work out for him. He actually hanged himself and instead of instead of getting the sympathy that he wanted. Uh, and then right at the end here, we, we have this. Pylon complained. It is not a good story. There are too many meanings and too many lessons in it. Some of those lessons are opposite. There is not a story to take into your head. It proves nothing. I like it, said Pablo. I like it because it hasn't any meaning. You can see, and it still does seem to mean something. I'll, I can't tell what. And I think that's a, a good point. Pylon was like getting annoyed at the story um, that because it's too slow, but I, I don't think that's the the point of a good story and um, the point of a story isn't so much about the the actual delivery the delivery is what 
informs the the ending of it. So it's it's you're really focused on the ending. And they they mention it many times. Like a good story can make you laugh, but also squeeze your heart at the same time. This is what they were talking about with this Viejo and a couple of the other characters. They had tragic lives, but there was a moment in it which was you can't help but laugh at the the mirth or the irony of this one particular moment, even though it's squeezing your heart at the same time in pain. And I think that's a a great meaning that you can derive from this and and you don't even have to be able to express it or why this is a a powerful story or something like this. So I think it's okay to just leave it. That being said, it also helps to be trying clear uh, about what it is that you're experiencing or feeling or why a story is worthwhile. And so this is what I'll try and do with this. I find their carefree attitude in this book super refreshing. So many problems in life are not real and it is only when confronted with a tragedy, for example, like right at the end of this book, the last chapter is is uh, rather tragic, that it does become real. And so, there's, there's this thing about this carefree attitude that they all have where, you know, they don't care about going to jail. They don't care if they don't know where their next food uh, is going to come from. If they get a boon of some money, they spend it on wine and they have a good time. And look, I, I get it. You can't live your life fully like this. But in just what I see in today's modern age, a lot of people get caught up in this this hype of like, I've got to do this next thing. I've got to keep working to be able to do this. And and this is kind of my mentality and and how I think this is expressed in this book is, you know, you, you've, you've got this imaginary problem in your head and it's like, I've got to reach X level of wealth to be able to um, get get this person or to be able to sustain a family or something like this. Um, and what we see in this is even if these guys had real and proper jobs to, to be able to afford luxuries and to be able to afford things like a suit, to be able to go to the funeral of, of this um, tragedy that happens in the book um, and were civilized, it wouldn't really ease their grief. They still feel grief at the death of this of this loved one. And even then, I would say, in fact, they wouldn't have as much grief. They wouldn't be as close to this person because their connection wouldn't have been there because they would have been working. And so, this is where it's like, sure, something really bad at the end at, at the end happens, and you could say, oh, they didn't, you know, they didn't prepare for it. They didn't have um, the civility to be able to go into the church and to be able to do this and do that. But the whole point of it is like. If they weren't just bumming around, having a good time, being friends and forming this close connection, there would have been no reason to buy a suit to be able to do it. <laughs> so, this is where I think I'm not a full on board of, you know, just be a lazy bum and, and hang around and do whatever you want and, and things like this. No, I think that's that's incorrect and life doesn't tend to work out well like that. This book is very much romanticized about the the kind of bum lifestyle and there's all sorts of real life examples of you can see of people who have done this. Uh, I believe there was a guy called like um, Johnny Appleseed or uh, Johnny Johnny something who lived out in this boot, uh, um, bus in the wild in the US um, and tried to like live off grid, live off the land, that sort of thing, and, and froze to death in this bus during a winter. And it's like, damn, that's that's actually a rather sad story. You know that that what a horrible way to 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 go. Yet it's also not useful to be like imagining all these problems that aren't real if i just had a job and i could fix this if i just did this and this would be okay 
neither of those is the correct way to go about it. And, and a book like this is good at highlighting, hey, there are other ways of living and you don't have to do the traditional standard thing that everyone is meant to do or that you think is necessarily the best way. So, you know, sometimes problems will just arise and you can deal with them as they arise. There's no need to try and play, plan and prepare to the, to the nth degree. And that is probably the main thing that I took from this book. So I'll jump onto some just extra details about the author and, and about this book. Uh, I, look, I've talked about Steinbeck a lot before, so I won't bore you all with, with his story and, um, and everything that goes on about him. Uh, I did just love the, the character of Pylon. I'm not sure. Uh, most of these characters seem to be based off of real people that either Steinbeck knew or had heard about living in Tortilla Flats. So it does have a bit of of a real life connection to the fiction that this book obviously is. And so um, the, the character of Pilot is so great. He's, he, sh- he shows the great resolve to confront an ugly situation. So this is um, in the burning down of Danny's house, like, oh shit, you know, my friend left me in charge of this house and we burnt it to the ground. Um, but also cheek and kind of arranging how to fix this, which involves actually um, stealing a basket and, uh, and, and some food and some things to present to Danny and, and kind of like repentance, please, please forgive me sort of deal. And it doesn't take much. It's like a couple of bread rolls and like a woman's brassiere. <laughs> it's all it takes. And um, he's a master logician. And, and this is quoted in the book, you know, Danny is the master logician of figuring out how to solve crises, interpersonal crises or, or problems. And usually it involves drinking a lot of wine, stealing something, or just avoiding the issue <laughs> entirely. It's so, it's so great. I love, I love this character. Um, and so I'll, just to give you a hint of, of kind of how they deal with problems and what sort of problems they deal with, we'll um, jump on to page 78 here. So basically Danny is being lost to this uh, lady called Sweets Ramirez, who that he's, he's kind of like fallen in love with and he's seeing her a lot and, um, and love making to her. Uh, and, and his friends are kind of getting jealous. They're like, or our friends being taken away from us, Danny, like we need to get him back. And so, uh, we come to this portion here at first, his friends ignored his absence for it is the right of every man to have these little affairs. But as the weeks went on and as a rather violent domestic life began to make Danny listless and pale, his friends became convinced that sweet's gratitude for the sweeping machine was not to Danny's, Danny's best physical interests. They were jealous of a situation that was holding his attention so long. Pylon and Pablo and Jesus Maria Corcoran in turn assaulted the nest of his affectations during his absence. But Sweets, while she was sensible of the compliment, remained true to the man who had raised her position to such a gratifying level. She tried to keep their friendship for a future time of need, for she knew how fickle fortune is. But she stoutly refused to share with Danny's friends that which was dedicated for the time being to Danny. Wherefore, the friends, in despair, organized a group formed for and dedicated to her destruction. (laughs) So silly. So basically, the, the whole context of that is... Danny gave her a, a vacuum cleaner, even though she, there was no electricity to her house, so she couldn't use it. So she pretended to be like vacuuming in this house without having any electricity, which raised her social status in the town. So everyone was now jealous of her. Um, she is appreciative of this. And so is even though she's rather promiscuous by nature, is now only for Danny's uh, affections for the time being. And it, Danny's best friends, 
you know, in best interest of Danny, go to try sleep with this girl, get rejected, and then decide, okay, well, we're just going to bring her down. <laughs> and so what they end up doing is um is stealing, as usual. How do you how do you solve this problem? Well, let's just steal the uh steal the machine and and sell it and buy wine. <laughs> so funny, so good. So yeah, this is um. This is the kind of things you'll encounter in this book. It's a, it's a, it's rather escapism. You get to experience a life that you probably will never live. Like I'm never going to live like Danny and his friends in Pylon and just, you know, just bum around all the time and steal things. I, for one, I don't have the wit nor the ma- master logician's brain to be able to do this. But it is so fun to see these types of people and know that the, these types of people do exist in real life as well. Which gets us onto our summary. How would I describe this book? Just witty and fun. It's just a fun book to read. Uh, you can't help but love these rogues. I, I, you can have your favorites. Pylon is my favorite for sure. And you might have a spot in your heart for the pirate or for Big Joe Portagy or things like this. But there's none of them where you, you feel any ill intent despite what their actions on the surface might look like as is rather bad and this is probably the other thing to remember this is fictional you know if you're going around stealing things getting into fight being drunk all the time and living in a house without any electricity without any it, um, you know water steady food supplies uh, access to money to buy medicines or anything like this you're probably this this is showing the nicer things of life not the the illnesses the deprivation the all the hangovers all of these sorts of things so it's a a reminder of that but rock solid read uplifting despite a a a kind of sad ending which is which was nice as well even it even in the moments of sadness and despair it it was rather fun to read so all in all john steinbach's tortilla flat i'm going to give a very seven out of ten to uh probably most similar to cannery row if you want a another book which is similar to this, The Grapes of Wrath, for example, is much more heavier and Sweet Thursday was a bit more, I suppose, intellectual. It dealt with a character not as fun, the Doc, who I, I don't think are as fun as these characters. Mice and Men as well is also it's kind of like a very shortened version of, of The Grapes of Wrath, um, which is is rather poetic, poetically beautiful, but, but rather sad at the same time. So uh, that is... I suppose my summary of this book, another recommendation, do not read introductions. This is, if you haven't heard this before, introductions, I think, can absolutely ruin a book. Uh, my analogy would be is it's like having a, a perfectly fine meal, which you're just about to to go eat, but you're like, you know what, I could... I could use some licorice beforehand or, you know, just eating something really strong, which could just absolutely affect the flavor of this fine meal that you're going to eat afterwards. Um, so, in this introduction, for example, by Thomas Fench, who I'm, I'm not sure of his relation to John Steinbeck, um, there's just a lot of bullshit. There's just a lot of things where it's talking about, you know, this critic said this about the book and, you know, um, you know, there's a bit of racism in this because he was showing the Paisanos in this light. I thought he showed the Paisanos in an excellent life. I, you know, I, I came away from this being like, damn, Paisanos are awesome. <laughs> so, so cool. Um, what, a, what an amazing culture. What an amazing experience to live through life. Or they focus really on this Arthurian pot, plot line of even though it was just, you know, a tiny little bit at the start of the book, he then goes on to deconstruct, you know, 
this, uh, you know, hints back to these things of life, of God, of church, religious matters. I'm just like, dude, it's just a fun book. Like, you don't, you don't need to go so hard into this. So, I felt it's kind of grasping at straws um, because this book was never going to be a masterpiece. It's not going to be something that should be analyzed to the nth degree and, and uh, you know, elevated to this highest status and draw out all of these um, themes from and analyze critically and things like that. <laughs> Even though this is a book reviews channel, I, I, I'm not a critic. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm an avid book reader. I love them, but god damn like you can you can go too far so um once again introductions i i would say if you want to read them read them at the end like i do and then have a laugh at how silly most of them are because uh, i've gotten very little value of them um from the past unless it's more of a historical type intro explaining how um he built his characters that that portion i found interesting the other parts not not so much so yeah, that is the book Tortilla Flat by John Steinbeck. Let's go into the Boostgram Lounge. Thanks some people for supporting the show and also for uh, contributing some comments some things which are of interest. So I've only got one supporter today to really highlight, to shout out, to thank, and this being Cole McCormick from the America Plus podcast. He sent through his favorite boosting number, 5,492 sats. And he says, uh, on the book review of Cicero on government, cheers to living in a relative democracy. And then some wine glasses. Yeah, man, um, I, I'm, look, government, I, I I don't get too deep into government and politics. It's um, it's rather boring, to be honest, and, and rather futile, I think, as well. But I will say I'm very glad I live in Australia. There's, there's no doubt that whatever we've got going on here is seems to be working okay i know it's not perfect but it's certainly better than a lot of other places so i um i'm very much uh, appreciative of that as well and uh you know my my disdain perhaps can only be uh allowed because i'm living in a place which allows me to have that disdain and i don't have to think about what i should or shouldn't say because someone in a higher position than me could do bad things to me so uh very much thank you for that cole uh, that is a boostgram that is something that you can send within your podcasting app and it will reach directly to me a message and it also has some satoshis attached a payment of money to be able to help support the show because i do have tons of costs in terms of hosting in terms of my time in terms of all the equipment i've got going on here so is very much appreciated if you uh, want to reach out and there's a couple of links down below as well for a PayPal, which no one has ever used. So if you're the first one to do it, you will have a special place in my Paisano heart. Be still my Paisano heart. <laughs> and uh, also via a podcasting 2.0 app. If you go to mermortalspodcast.com slash support, you'll find out how you can do that. And there's also even a, um, I've got a, if you're new to the whole Bitcoin thing and Lightning Network, I've even got a little introduction of, of how you can get some some of that and uh, and send it right back to me, hopefully. I don't know, that would, that would be really cool. There was one other comment on the YouTube channel that I also wanted to shout out. And so this was from Alza Farsi 8885 a couple of days ago for the Lost Dreams and Lament the Bitter Orange Tree by Jocka Al-Hathi. 
And they say, I'm an Omani literature student, so I read the book in Arabic and English. I can understand that the uncompleted sentences cannot be comprehended sometimes, but these are called fragments that flow through the stream of consciousness, which is a postmodern style of writing. You very much see it in this book. It reflects the human nature of language, especially the multimodal aspect of human interaction. Honestly, I didn't understand that last bit as fully as perhaps they were trying to to come across, but what I did take from that book is this style of jumping back and forth rapidly. It is what you would describe a postmodern style that is very much as a style in vogue nowadays. Uh, and you can see how styles change. John Steinbeck's book, for example, here uh, on Tortilla Flat is very much a short and sharp stories. There's no grand arching plot line. There is no um, connected. It, it is very loosely connected, but it is in chronological order and that and it does have a, a rough theme to it. So yeah, interesting. Um, and uh, it's very cool that there's people out there who can read, read things in um, English and Arabic and, and get the differences. I've tried that myself a couple of times as well, um, comparing books. And uh, it is interesting to, to see these differences and, and how things um, shape out in that respect. So thank you very much. Uh, also enjoy getting comments on the YouTube channel um, of these book reviews and um, yeah, discussing them as well. So uh, if you want to make it onto the show, hey, please leave a, a review and um, I'll, I'm sure I'll discuss it unless I get too many in the future. <laughs> so we're coming to our end section here, the value for value portion. And this is just my request to everyone listening at home. This is a value for value show. You're never going to see ads on here. You're never going to hear about sponsorships. You're never going to get books, which are not books that I want to read. And because I have to read them because I've got an author coming on or because I'm getting paid behind the scenes to talk about this book or anything. No, 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 none of that. So everything that you hear here on here is is because I want to read it and because I choose to read it. And that is the the main amount of thinking that goes into us, which means there is no money coming in from this, from what you would call the traditional sources. So I rely on the value for value model. This essentially means that I just rely on listener support from those of you at home who want to contribute, who have watched this, perhaps gotten value from this in the future. Look, I, I get it. I've I've been guilty of this myself. Not even guilty. I have listened to people in the past and gone, you know what? I didn't get that much value from it. It's interesting what they've produced or maybe I just don't have some money at this time or I don't know how to contribute or or anything like that. I totally understand. This is just another recommendation here or a reminder here from me to you that there are many ways that you can contribute to the show. The first is just by sharing it, sharing this with someone else, hitting the like or bell or commenting if you're on a podcasting app or um, leaving a rating and review. All, all of those things do help they, they are, and they are very much appreciated. And I want to know about it if you've done it so I can thank you for that. So you can do that with your time, talent. If you know there's particular books that you think I'll read, I, I always want some book recommendations from people at home especially based on, you know, oh, Chiron kind of likes Tortilla Flat. He might like this similar book from another author. Yes, please tell me about that. I want to hear that. And I want to hear your thoughts on these books. So I like this is invaluable. I would never be able to read a book in English and Arabic and to know the differences between the two of them. So I do very much want to hear from you about your experiences reading the book and and um, anything you can do is suggestions on how to improve this channel, on how to improve the live uh, book reviews and things like that. They're all very, very much appreciated. And then the final one, I mentioned it before, is just a monetary um, payment to sustain me, to help me, keep me going, to pay for costs. Because if 
I don't get <laughs> support from in a monetary form, eventually the book reviews will have to go away because I, I just can't sustain myself from, um, uh, unlike Danny and the Paisanos, um, I'm, I'm not willing to, to, uh, just scrounge around and, and find little bits of, of money for wine or for book reviews here and there. I do need to ask for your support and, and, um, helping keeping this channel running. So, very much appreciated everyone who's joined in all the way to the end here. Um, MereMortalsPodcast.com slash support is the best way to learn more about that and all the kind of little benefits that you can get. There's a shirt your way if you if you um, support a certain amount. And we'll leave it there for today. A little reminder here that these I do these um, book reviews live at 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, which is UTC midnight. So wherever you are in the world, your time zone, just add or minus that that time from there from midnight and you'll know where, what time these are at. Uh, they have been on Mondays. I'm switching these to Thursdays from now on and that's kind of going to be my locked in position for the next while. So uh, it will be a week and a half until the next book review is released. So just look out for that. And yeah, just very much appreciate you tuning in, joining in and um, until the next one. Ciao for now. Kyron out.